Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, recapping day two of the NFL draft for the Detroit Lions. We got two more picks to talk about. I always am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter, sponging up knowledge as best I can, bringing in people who can uh, fill me with that knowledge. And thankfully, I've got a spigot of knowledge, just a fire hose dripping all over the place, drinking out of the fire hose. Kentley Platty at Math Bomb, our old friend, Lord of mustaches, bowler hats, everything. He's here, the the inventor of RAS, and we've got two picks to go through, man. It's been a hell of a night, uh, Kent. It has been quite the night, just like the first day of the draft. A lot of trades, a lot of people moving around. Thankfully, it's over. <laughs> uh, for, for the Lions, it's over. We're, we're, they got another 100 picks now to go. About. We, uh, 70 picks to go as we end the night at like 105 or so. And uh, so we, we won't, we probably won't be talking about doing a day three recap, but let's talk about day two. Uh, Jeremy was here. We talked about Jamison Williams and Aiden Hutchinson last night tonight with the, with their pick finally 46 from the Minnesota Vikings Alliance was selected. They double dipped, they double dipped Kent and they went with Josh Pascal defensive end out of Kentucky. Yes, and very good pick. Uh, I, I was a little surprised that they double-dipped at edge, but I, we mentioned that as a possibility a little bit earlier when we were talking. Um, because there's been so many trades around the league for players, the, the fact that the Lions have a good group and guys that they like doesn't mean that everybody's safe. They could always move somebody and find an upgrade. Rebuilds are weird like that. Uh, Pascal brings something to the pass rush that's different than what we got with Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson is much more a traditional edge guy that's going to be rushing off the side and trying to use his quickness and his speed to beat guys on the edge. Uh, Pascal is much more of an inter- interior outside guy. He can rush on the inside. He can rush on the outside. Um, we had several different comps that we used for him. One of the scouts that texted me said he was similar to Zadarius Smith. Um he actually said that we got our Zadarius Smith, but I'm going to be a little bit more uh, <laughs> reserved about what that comparison is. Um, but it's it's definitely a different type of pass rusher when you when you really look at it. Uh, the Packers were able to build a very strong defense with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith um, so last year or year before when they first got those guys brought in. Um, very similar concept, just much more uh, further thinking in mind because we're talking about draft picks instead of free agents. Right. I, I want to talk about fit because I feel like this is this is a good fit. As you say, he's more of the pat he's more of a pass rush type of package. Lions have edge rushers who are kind of rotational right now, be it Charles Harris or the Aquaras. And I mean, maybe this means Julian Aquara probably has to move to outside linebacker if he wants to keep finding a place on the roster. I don't know. I don't know what it means for Romeo Aquara. Charles Harris signed to a contract though. We, we knew he wasn't really quote unquote starter, but I don't know how many guys are really going to be starter on every play aside from maybe Aiden Hutchinson. And I feel like Pascal brings something in edge rush package in pass rush packages that can be something pretty, bring some pretty hefty pressure. So I feel like that's where the lions will probably use him best. And like, look, you, you get a player that's probably going to play a lot of downs for pass rush downs. And uh, I, I mean, they double dipped on interior linemen last year. They, they double dip here on the edges. 
they've got their trenches set. And it's where Dan Campbell has said he wants to fight is in the trenches. It's where Aaron Glenn has kind of put a lot of his emphasis and it just, it makes sense for the lions. It makes a lot of sense to double dip here, even though it comes at the expense of probably some other positions. And thankfully that they didn't bomb out on that, but we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's definitely different. And you mentioned Charles Harris and I think Brett was on when we were, we were talking about that, but um, I think this is a really good thing for as far as how the team is planning to use its personnel, how they should be used. Um, when Charles Harris was drafted by the Dolphins in the first round, they had this imagination that he was going to be this every down player. And that was never his game in college. He really needed to be a, a situational pass rusher. That's where he thrives. And they never took advantage of what his actual skill set was. The Lions did that last year, drafting a guy like Pascal and Hutchinson. That doesn't say, oh, well, they're, they're done with Charles Harris now. No, it tells us that they know how to use Charles Harris. They're not going to use him as that every down guy. They've got their every down guy now. They're going to put Harris in the, the types of snaps that he works best in and use him to his best potential. That's really promising for the team because we've seen the last couple of staffs use guys in ways that didn't really fit their skill sets, and then they end up out of town. We saw that with Kyle Van Noy a few years ago. Um, and a couple of other examples with uh, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, guys that, that weren't being used the way that they should have been used or to their fullest potential. And it's a really positive sign for this team when they draft guys like this, because it shows they know they at least have a plan to use guys to their full, fullest potential. Yeah, I just I, I think at this point, I just, you know, I got to give some trust over to Brad Holmes as well, as far as what they want. And what we've seen from day one is everyone kind of seems on the same boat about, you know, where they want some of these players. And I feel like Pascal primarily for edge rush probably can give you some help in the run too. And uh, I, I want to, since you are the inventor of RAS, I think maybe we can dip into, you know, Pascal's RAS. Where did you, uh, where'd you kind of see his, his measurables coming out? Yeah. He ended up with a 9.7, which is really good um, in, in any draft. That's a really good score to get 9.7 out of 10. Um, I forget how many thousands we have of, of pass rushes at this point, um, but he had really good explosion drills, a good bench. His arms are shorter than what you really like for a, a pass rusher to be short arms generally means good bench. So don't read too much into the fact that he had a good bench there, um, but his explosion drills are really good. Um, both his vert and broad, as well as his 10 yard split, his uh, 40 yard dash wasn't the greatest at, at a, a 4.77, but also not a concern. Again, this is an inside outside rusher. This isn't a true edge rusher. That you're going to put out on the, on the nine or anything like that. Uh, that's why they drafted Hutchinson to do all of that work. Uh, Pascal is going to be working on the inside. Um, he's going to do in those stunts and things like that. Um, I'd really love to see some of those, uh, what are they NASCAR packages, whatever they call them. We have multiple edges next to each other. Um, I'd love to see plays like that where you have him next to Hutchinson and see what they can design with things like that. Um, he never tested with agility drills. I'm not really concerned about that because, again, that's not his game. I don't really care um, if his agility drills weren't going to be that good because most of what he's doing is not going to be taking advantage of his agility, but his explosiveness, his strength, his power, um, and trying to push guys into the backfield. Does a really good job of those things, and that's what they're going to use him to do. Moving on from Pascal, we got to talk about pick 90, uh, 97. I think I got the number right in my head uh, because this was kind of the, this was kind of the pan. There was kind of a panic point for Lions fans in the middle of the night 
as we saw a run on safeties and the Lions had kind of by double dipping and trading up really given up on safety as a, uh, as a position they were putting an emphasis on. We saw Jaquan Brisker run off the board. Uh, who else was there? Um, Cross went, I think, just literally the pick before 97. But the Lions get a safety, and it's Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. And he's definitely uh, – look, the Lions, I feel like, bump up their draft grade just by managing to hit this need, but it's not just drafting on need. He's still a very good safety. And I, I think it fits a lot with what the – Lions want to do at safety. I'm curious on your thoughts there. Yeah. I don't want to give anybody any flashbacks, um, but Kirby Joseph had great explosion drills, but he didn't run the 40 at his pro day because he tweaked his hamstring. Um, for those of you that remember the whole uh, tease Tabor fiasco, uh, I wouldn't worry about that so much here because um, Tabor had awful explosion drills before he he tore his hand or injured his hamstring. Um, Joseph injured his hamstring and did the explosion drills anyway and was perfectly fine. Um, had had very good testing there. Um, I'm not sure his 40-yard dash would have been that great, but I'm sure his other metrics would have been his 10-yard split was probably good. Um, Brad Holmes has very specific metrics that he likes to look at for safety. He's always done a very good job of identifying safety talent. Um, Kirby Joseph isn't an elite athlete. He's not going to really wow you with his athletic traits, but he's smart. And his reaction speed and his ability to explode from where he is and go where he needs to be has always been a, a plus. Um, I really like him as a compliment to somebody like Tracy Walker. I think he's a really good compliment to him. Um, the Lions don't use uh, traditional free safety, strong safety alignments anymore. Um, they don't use. No, they do safety, kind of a, they kind of do a split zone sk- yeah. uh, safety scheme, I believe. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of different than what we've had under Schwartz and Patricia. Um, Caldwell kind of switched between a couple of different things during his time here. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint, but uh, it's a little bit different than what we used to seeing. And I think that he really fits what they're trying to do. Um, I'd be a little bit worried if they start moving him to the box a whole lot, because that's really not his game. He's not a very good, good box safety. Um, not a guy that you want kind of coming underneath and getting those tackles. Um, same thing. You don't want him super deep. You don't want to make him single high. Um, but they don't need to because they have Tracy Walker to do any single high stuff that they need to do and to do box stuff because he can do that. Um, and they've, they brought in um, Sean Elliott to do, to do the rest of that stuff. So they've got guys that can do those things. He doesn't need to be the guy at everything immediately day one. Right. Um, and, and they're, they're very familiar with him. They brought him in for a top three visit earlier this month and they obviously have had him targeted for a while. So it feels like they know what his shortcomings are. They know what his strengths are and they're ready to scheme around it. As you say, that safety room is now diverse enough that you don't need to really try to square peg him into a round hole. Like some other coaches have like Patricia and like uh, the, there, there's a lack of experience. He's he, he only had one year as a full-time starter at Illinois, but at this point at 97, I feel like you're looking for guys who can be starters who are specialized or diamonds in the rough. And I feel like, again, it's hard to tell what he is athletically because of the hamstring injury. But I, I feel like I, I've talked a lot of safety this year because I was really big on Kyle Hamilton. And I've talked a lot about how safety is kind of a leadership position. And if he if he's able to play out the way we expect him to play out, like athleticism is great, but it's more about as you mentioned, it's, it's about the twitchiness. It's about the response. It's about being able to read and react and bring pressure. 
Yeah, and and he's going to be able to do that. The the safety is kind of a an unheralded position in uh, both the defense that Aaron Glenn is bringing um, and what the the Rams ran when Holmes was running uh, the personnel acquisition stuff there. So I don't expect it to be you know like oh god this guy's going to be a, a perennial Pro Bowler or anything like that. But uh, I think Kirby Joseph has a really good, really good ceiling as a, a solid contributor for the entirety of his contract and potential for another contract where he does the same. And as much as we want to think of every player as some superstar that's going to be here for 15 years, um, having a guy play at a, at a high level the entirety of his first contract and potentially a second contract, that's really all you can ask for from a draft pick. For it to be considered a good pick, right? Yeah, I mean, we just saw two teams trade away, you know, wide receivers rather than taking fifth-year options on some of them too. So, like, that's definitely the way it goes in the NFL. Um, I hate to do draft grades overall, but my opinion on on the third round has always been, especially since the Lions don't even pick in the fourth round, they wait until the fifth, so people can't hit me with the Amon Ross St. Brown part. but if we're looking at the top 100, how the Lions did in top 100, where do you have your grade kind of sitting on them? I know it's kind of premature. We're sitting here in the in the afterglow of the moment. But I feel like, um, I don't know, I, I could go anywhere between a B plus or an A minus myself. And I'm not even trying to be much of a slappy here. I think a lot of that is the value they got in trading up on day one. I think that they taking Aiden Hutchinson, having him fall to you at two when the Jaguars take Trayvon Walker, doubling up on edge, but still getting a safety. I feel like that's that's not only good value, but it shows a clarity of vision as to what the Lions want in this stage of the rebuild. Like they clearly wanted to improve the wide receiver room and they wanted to finish building along the trenches, but they weren't going to neglect safety. And I feel like they hit all of those needs very well here. So I, I'm going to start off by saying that I don't grade uh, on a C scale. So most most grades, I always complain. Might about be a little harsher, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I never grade on a, on a scale of C as the worst, right? And F's the worst. You can fail your pick. I feel like you're going to do that. You need to reintroduce, like, you got to go with, like, Japanese RPGs. You got to add, like, S and S plus. <laughs> well, they didn't get that, but they did yeah. a pretty good job. Um, I'd probably give them a B minus for the draft overall. For a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, they got good value with the trade that they did. Aiden Hutchinson was was fairly, fairly a no-brainer. Uh, I mentioned before that I probably would have taken Thibodeau, but I think that either one of those was a, a great picket, too. I, I'm not going to quibble over the details for that. Um, I, I didn't really care so much for the fact they traded up and lost a pick, but they got a really good player um, with James. You're, you're concerned more about the injury than I am. Yes. But yes. Um, so the, my concern is that they lost a pick between day one and day two, and they did come away with uh, two pass rushers, a safety and a wide receiver. Um, that's not a bad haul. Um, they could have come away with one more pick in there and had potentially a a tight end or an offensive lineman or a linebacker. There's a number of other positions they could have taken there rather than trading up to get a wide receiver. I mean, you don't even Um, need to think about that. Look at what the Vikings kind of did where they took Lewis Seen, who was kind of a very big desire for a lot of Lions fans at the end of the round. And then they ended up trading. I mean, they ended up trading 34 and that turns into Christian Watson for the Packers. So, I mean, both those were kind of, on the radar for the lions too. And, and, stand and Brian back. Asamoah, yeah. Brian Asamoah was another one of their picks, mm-hmm. which was another guy that was on the lion's radar. So, you know, those, those 
you don't want to try to get too tied up in what, what might've been, but I feel like they could have maximized their picks by not making that trade. Um, that doesn't make it a bad trade. I just feel like they could have had an, a, a little bit better haul had they not made it. Um, I it's think gonna, they're really, yeah. I think they're set up really well for day three. I think they picked good players at positions of need for everything that they've done. Um, I'm very encouraged by what, what they've done with the picks they've taken and what it says about the rest of their roster. Um, I don't think that it's perfect, which is why I said B minus, um, but it's great. I mean, I, we, we don't really talk about how different this is from the previous couple of regimes that we've had here. And it would have been very different under Matt Patricia. Not just, I mean, everybody loves to hate on Matt Patricia and they should for various, various reasons, but like Kirby Joseph probably would have been a pick by them, but Pascal and Hutchinson probably wouldn't have been the picks. Um, We would have got different players there. I I don't believe it would have been the same under uh, Schwartz either or Caldwell. These would have been very different types of picks because they would have been building for something much different. And what Holmes is trying to do is build an actual contender, a team that can contend every year. And drafting a guy like Josh Pascal, when you could have taken a linebacker or a different safety or something like that at that pick, Um, It shows that he's not just about, okay, what can we do to get as many more wins over last year as we can? That's not what he's worried about. He's worried about building a team that can win consistently rather than just getting more wins than last year. It it does show the patience in this rebuild too, to not address something like linebacker, to take the aggression to trade up for a position you feel like it's aggression, but also it's smart aggression. It's not, it's, it's not like we, we've talked plenty on the value of the trade up. And I think Jeremy kind of had the same, you know, the same opinion. He would have liked to see them stand pat, but you know, it, 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 it shows that they're, they're not going to rush this along that they, but I also think they're in a pretty good position for what's going to come next year. Cause obviously next year they're going to have needs for quarterback. Probably. I, I still don't believe in Jared Goff to an alarming degree. I think he's a fine starter, but he's not someone you build long-term around. And I feel like linebacker will probably come up and, you know, we'll you're, see what happens with cornerback and yeah. You're higher on golf. <laughs> no, I know. I know you, you have no concern on golf whatsoever. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Kent, thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for everyone who has tuned in to the combined Nine and a half hours, I believe, of streaming on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit over the last two days. And come Monday, we will try to have the re- we will have the recap podcast ready to go for you. All three rounds to break down plenty to talk about until then. We hope this has kept you company. As always, I'm Christopher Fett at Christopher Fett on Twitter. My guest, Ken Lee Platty, the man, the myth, the legend at Math Bomb on Twitter. Pride of Detroit alumni doing great things. We will see you star side. <laughs>